teacher, author, and business coach. Patrice is the co-founder and chief servant officer of both Nehemiah Project International Ministries and PG and Associates LLC, which he founded with his wife and best friend, Gina Saguet. Patrice specializes in helping families incorporate their faith into their business practices, ensuring that their businesses are able to exist beyond the third generation. And now, introducing Patrice Saguet. Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saguet. Today, we're going to talk about the triple threat of the enemy. This is actually out of one of our weekly devotionals. Uh, this week's devotional is nearly enough. If you've uh, not subscribed to our devotionals, you want to go to our website, nehemiahentrepreneurship.com, nehemiahentrepreneurship.com. Uh, so you can subscribe. You can also become a, a community member, uh, allowing you to be able to get the devotionals weekly um, and uh, versus uh, versus just once a month if you're a silver member and above. Uh, but anyway, so let's talk about the devil's, the, the, the triple threat of the enemy or the devil's triple threat or the triple threat of the enemy. I'm not sure about you, but when I approach life, from a from a warfare perspective, it keeps me kind of alert and discerning, and um, and and prepared for whatever might come. Right? Um, really, um, the key to success is to live not offensively but defensively. Right. Uh, in other words, to, to live in such a way that you are always prepared for what's for the worst case scenarios. And so, but in order for us to be prepared, we need to understand how the enemy operates. And so the question, the leading questions, all of our devotions always start with leading questions to get you thinking, because sometimes it's not the answers you produce, but it's the questions you ask that creates inspiration and innovation. The question is, are you aware of the enemy, that the enemy is coming after you in full force? Are you aware of that? After your family, after your business, after your life? Do you know that he has three tactics that he always uses? It never fails. He uses the same three tactics over and over again. Do you understand how to overcome these three threats? Now, if you're, some, if you're watching or listening, um, I'd like for you to uh, post, if you know what these threats are, go ahead and post it in the chat. So I might see uh, if you do know it. By the way, if you, if you get the devotionals, then you're cheating. Um, if you are part of our life groups and you've heard this, then you are also cheating. But let's think about what these threats are because it's important for us as entrepreneurs to understand the way the enemy is going to come at us in the marketplace so that we might know how to navigate it and prevail against him. Now, the question that's always often asked of me is, how was the devil able to cause Adam and Eve to fall? How could he have been, how could they have been so stupid to give up intimacy with God, a perfect home in the garden, eternal life for temporal pleasure? I mean, if you think about their circumstance, what they had, I mean, they had it good. Now, before you pass judgment, uh, let's consider 
the fact that we are actually in a better position today than they were. But yet, we make the same mistakes over and over again. You see, Adam and Eve, though they walked with God, but they could not have known, as we know today, that what God said, as he said it, was as real in the consequences of what God said. In other words, they, they heard God and they understood that God was sovereign, but they had no proof to know that those consequences that he talked about was real. While we today, so, 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 so back then, they needed to have absolute faith to not only believe in God, but to believe God. While today, yeah, we do need faith, but guess what? We have the proof of scripture. The Bible calls itself, particularly the Old Testament, the shadow of things to come, right? The, the schoolmaster. So we have precepts, paths, and examples in scripture to show us and illustrate to us that indeed what God has said over the years has been true and real, and there are consequences to not living up to what he has said. We've seen the evidence. We saw the fall Adam and Eve. We've seen the consequences. They didn't have that. They didn't have any of that. So we're actually better off than you realize. First John 2, 16 says this, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, right? Those are the, the, the three triple threats. All that is in the world. What are they? The lust of the flesh, number one threat. The lust of the eye, number two, and the pride of life. These things are not of the Father, but of the devil. So let's understand these threats and, and let's kind of talk about, okay, what are they and how do we avoid falling prey to these threats? Because those are the tricks that the enemy would use over and over and over again. He used it with his first, first victims, right? He used it with even the Lord himself, Jesus Christ. And he's used it with every human being in between and even up until this day. I bet you right now, if you have faced any kind of spiritual failure, if you face any kind of personal devastation that, that was in part due to your own making, the, that the devil used one or more of these threats to, uh, to hurt you. And it's important you understand it. So let's look at the first threat, the lust of the eyes, right? The lust of the eyes. This is the illegal or immoral, intense and unrestrained look at some or someone that does not belong to you. This look feeds the imagination and fuss the internal pleasure, right? Have you had a situation where <laughs> you look at food or you look at a picture or you look at a magazine or something on the internet and, and it, 
something in you feels good looking at it, though you know it's wrong. <laughs> you know it's wrong. In other words, you, you can tell you're lusting, but if the, the it feels so good, right, that you can't help yourself but keep looking. It's like if, if the men out there, you know, we take a double take, we look at something that we looked at before, that we know what it looks like, but we look at it again because something on the inside wants to look at it. That's lust, gentlemen. That's lust, ladies. I've been victim of that. <laughs> you know, we all are, right? This could be for a woman that doesn't belong to you. This could be for a man that doesn't belong to you. Right? This could be something displayed on the media like TV, television, smartphones, internet. This could be for properties that don't belong to you. See, the lust of the eye says that looks good. That looks good. Now, be careful. I'm not saying that everything looks good is lust. Right? You know, let me use a man's example. I know the woman said, Well, Patrice, you know, you've been. So, so there is a difference between. A, a, a beautiful woman and a lustful looking woman, right? One of the things I love about my wife is that uh, she has a she has a, a a very natural beauty that reflects the the gospel as I see it, right? Um, I, I've never seen my wife dress or come across lustful. But yet she's beautiful. She's gorgeous, as a matter of fact. She's attractive. I'm drawn to her, not because of lust, right? Because of just pure beauty. She's sexy. So one can be sexy, appealing, attractive, beautiful, gorgeous, all the above without being lustful. Food, the same way. Colors, the same way. You know the difference between lustful colors, right? And beautiful colors. But what's interesting, whether it's natural beauty, inherent beauty, or lust, we say the same thing, that looks good. Right? That looks good. So, so, it, so it tricks our, our values to somehow pursue it. It draws us in because we confuse lust for beauty. That's the first thing. The enemy will cause you and I to confuse lust for beauty. Lust is not beauty. Lust is not beautiful. See, as long as you convince in your mind that lust is beautiful, you will always fall prey. Lust is not beauty. Lust pulls you in. Lust ought not to be attractive because it pulls you in. So you ought to reject it. So the lust of the eye, right? The, 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 the Lord talked about the fact that the gateway to our soul is the eyes. So if he cannot get us through the lust of the eye, what he will do and, and what he does, ladies and gentlemen, he, he calls you to look at, as a businessman or woman, he calls you to see the, the, the beauty and the glare and the, and the, and the uh, bling bling of what possible what you could have, right? He positioned you to see all the bling bling you could have so that you might be more ambitious and pursue the very thing that's not good for you because you want that because it looks good. 
I I, uh, I fell in love with Las Vegas. I, I went there for the first time. My wife uh, last, uh, I think it was December for our wedding anniversary. And and it used to be, it used to look very lustful, but they've done something in Las Vegas. They've they've covered the lust with beauty. So it can be very tricky. So I tell people it's a good place to go. But if you're married, if your marriage is healthy, because you can lose your spirituality there. Because because they've covered beauty with they covered lust with beauty, right? Because they, what they recognize is that lust, though it draws, but there are people like you and I who are not drawn to it because we we know that is dangerous. So they cover it with beauty. So on so so you you're not if so you 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 get close and you get close and before you know you're drawn in and you find yourself falling prey. Right? Lust of that. The next thing is the, the lust of the flesh. This is the illegal and immoral desire for physical pleasure. This could be to be for sex with someone you, you, you are not married to or someone of same-sex attraction. This could also be to eat or consume something that you are not supposed to have, such as foods with excessive calories or the lust. The lust of the flesh says, I want to feel good, right? Here's the key. So the lust of the eye says, that looks good. And then the lust of the flesh says, I want to feel good, right? Because it looks good, you want to feel good. You see how it's pulling you in, right? So, if, But if you reject lust, right, for beauty, then when you want to feel good, you will think straight. Because what lust does, it, 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 uh, it, it corrupts your thinking. So that your feeling overrides your logic, right? Your feeling overrides your logic. And you end up making the wrong decisions for your business and for your life. And then the third one, the, less, the, the pride of life. The, the pride of life is the obsession with oneself derived from one's personal achievement association. This leads to boasting about one's personal accomplishments or feeling entitled to certain benefits due to your achievements because of your status, right? This could be a desire to get certain things due to your status in life or what you've accomplished or wanting to be treated a certain way because of your accomplishment. Pride says, I deserve this. Uh, I'm a, because I fly so much, I'm a Delta member of, uh, I'm a member of the Delta Medallion Program and I'm a Diamond member, which is the highest level membership. The, the problem with that is that I become, I start to feel entitled, right? As a Diamond member, I get the Delta Club, I, I get the first in line, I get triple miles, Right, uh, I get most of the time first class travel. Right, I get you know I have my own VIP line number that I call when I have concerns or issues. Right, and guys, and I've gotten used to it, so I have to always fight with myself not to feel entitled to it. 
So once in a while, the Lord allows me to get a bad seat on the plane, right? I may have forgotten to put my Delta number in or something happens that, you know, some crazy happened and I end up getting a seat by the bathroom, you know, those seats by the bathroom. And whenever it does, it happens and my, everything in me want to, <laughs> to uh, just not, not, um, not reflect the values of a Christian. You know what I mean? Not reflect what it means to be a, a kingdom person or, you know, I, you know, and, and, and the Lord says, Patrice, all right, are, are you feeling it? Are you entitled to this? Right? B because I'm so accustomed to a certain treatment, to a certain type of seating by them that it makes me entitled. So I have to always fight. Now, I love the privilege, don't get me wrong, but I've got to fight the entitlement. All right? I got to fight the entitlement. Because just because you get certain benefits based on your position or your status doesn't make you entitled to them. Because once you begin to feel entitled, you start navigating your life around and structuring things around getting certain kinds of bennies. And that's when corruption starts creeping in. So pride says, I deserve this. So as you can see, the devil convinces us, you and I, that something that we should not have looks good, <laughs> right? In other words, something we shouldn't have, it looks good, Con confusing beauty for lust. Then he makes us want to feel good, right? Because remember, we shouldn't have in the first place, but because it, it lust draws and lust clouds judgment, now I want to feel good. Guess what? I'm going to act on my feeling because my judgment has been clouded by the lust. Then he brings me to a place where I feel I deserve it. And I start justifying my behavior and my action, forgetting that what I'm pursuing is illegal or immoral because my judgment has been clouded. So the next time the devil comes at you, then ask yourself the question. And he makes you feel you deserve something. How should, how would God feel about that? Ask yourself that question. How would God feel about it? Do you feel you deserve it because you want to feel good? Or do you think you deserve it because it looks good? That car, that house, right? That office, that clothes. Is this, is it illegal or immoral? Even if you deserve it, should you have it? Do you really need it? I love this. Though it's clear that the devil is a source of all temptation, he cannot tempt us without our cooperation. But each one is tempted when it's drawn away from his own desires and enticed. 
So the next time, that by the way, James chapter 114, the next time the devil tempts you, let him know that you are not going to cooperate. And trust me, he cannot force you to do so. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil. He will flee from you, James 4, 7. In addition, when you resist the devil, there are great rewards that come at you. James 1, 12 says this, blessed is a man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You see, you've not been the only one who have been attacked by the enemy. He attacked our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's attacked every human being in this way that have walked the face of the earth. And so the way Jesus handled it, he took him back to the world. He said, Jesus, he said, devil has been written. When the enemy tried to, sh to show him all kinds of glitter and gold and so you can have all of this, right? The lust of the eye, he says, no, devil, it is written. When the devil took on a pinnacle and, and showed him and said, look, man, if you if you you're the son of God, if you fall down, the angel gonna carry you. He said, No, I cannot test the Lord my God. It is written. Because that was pride. He was saying, Prove to me, Jesus, that devil, that uh, I'm sorry, prove to me, Jesus, that that you, the devil will take care of you. He was truly son of God. Jesus was hungry. He said, If you're the son of God, turn that bread into wine. I mean, to turn that uh, rock into bread. The devil said, Jesus says, you're a liar. It is written. So, so, so if you're going to overcome these triple threats, these attacks of the enemy, you must first, you must study and know the word of God because the word of God is your weapon. You got to be in prayer because prayer gives you discernment and protection, keep you alert so that you might know when the devil's coming after you. And then here's a question. What is the stuff on the inside that keeps drawing you in? If you keep falling over and over again, something's wrong on the inside. Then you got to pray that God shows you the stuff that needs healing. You need deliverance. You need to be healed. You need to address the stuff on the inside. Because if you ain't got stuff on the inside, the devil got nothing to use. Let me say it again. If you don't have stuff on the inside of you, that the devil can use to manipulate your hurts, brokenness, right, uh, loneliness, right, whatever those issues are, right. Work on that stuff. Every person I've gone, I've, I've coached and I've helped, they've gone through moral failure, you know, whatever kind of failure has had stuff on the inside. Even. When I went through my own personal challenges, guess what? I discovered that it was some stuff on the inside of Patrice that had to be dealt with. So here's a question for you. What's on the inside of you that the, that the Lord has to deal with? You're trying to do business and you may be doing all right and, and, and you, you're pursuing, but guess what? If you're, you don't deal with stuff on the inside of you, then your success would lead to your detriment. Let me say it again. If you don't deal with the stuff on the inside of you, 
your success would lead to your detriment. Because the higher up you rise without dealing with your stuff, the less likely you're gonna deal with it. And the more vulnerable you're gonna be, and the more afraid you're gonna be to open up, and the more casualty, and you'll take others down with you in the process. So do yourself and others a favor and clean your stuff up now before your prayers get answered. Now, you said, Patrice, what if I've already fallen prey to these triple threats? He, he already got me. And matter of fact, as you're talking right now, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a mess right now. Here's the good news for you. The scripture says this, that if, if we've sinned, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, right? just repent. Says, my little children, these things are right to you that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He himself is the appropriation for our sins, not ours only, but also the whole world. And once you repent, guess what? Don't walk in condemnation. Because, see, if, if you, you repent and, and, you, and you still self-condemn, then you might as well not have repented because you're not walking in the gift of repentance. Romans 8.1 says, therefore, now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. But Patrice, why do I still feel guilty? Well, because you feel bad. That's normal and natural, right? Just keep going. God has forgiven you. You got to forgive yourself. Repent, repent is the chance to start all over. You see, condemnation is the devil's tool to hinder us from starting all over again. It's a burden, it's a weight that enslaves us and keeps us from freedom. So whatever you're going through right now, whatever you've been through, I don't care whose fault it was, just repent and press the restart button and start all over again. Listen, as entrepreneurs, we have to be on the offense. You are going to face spiritual warfare. The enemy is going to come after you because he knows that your success is a win for God. It's, a, it's an offense to him, and it's an opportunity for you to bring a lot more other people along with you, your employees, your vendors, right? All those you have influence, your customers, all those that you have influence over. And he does not want that. That's why he's coming after you. You say, but I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, you did. You've chosen to be on the Lord's side. You chose a side. You said, I should stay neutral. Well, stay neutral and die. <laughs> right? Because listen, either you're gonna you're gonna die fighting, you're gonna die anyway. And and there's nothing worse than a coward. Right? Pick a side. Even pick the devil's side if you want, but pick a side. But don't don't be a coward. Because either way, you're in harm's way. Might as well be in harm's way for something, right? Might as well be in harm's way for purpose. Might as well be in harm's way because of something that you and I believe in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope it blessed you. My prayer for you is that you would truly walk in it and offensively discern the will of God and discern the tricks of the enemy. So you may not fall prey to it. Listen, if you enjoy this podcast, I want you to share with some friends. 
Okay, share it, uh, push it out on your social media platform, share with others. You know somebody right now who has fallen prey to these threats. You know somebody who is vulnerable to these threats. You know somebody who needs this message to encourage them to prepare and arm themselves so that they may be able to navigate away from the enemy. Send this to them and tell them you love them, you're encouraging them, and you want to hear this message. Also, if you want to know more about us and how we can help you come alongside you and help you with your business and your life and help you to build a kingdom company or expand your existing business, visit our website, nehemiahecommunity.com, nehemiahecommunity.com. There you can learn about our training program, Biblical Entrepreneurship by Danny Destiny, Serve with Love, and other programs. You can learn about our coaching program where one of our coaching come alongside you and coach you along the web life success in the marketplace. You can learn about our Access to Capital program. You can also learn about our community. We have one of the fastest growing community with entrepreneurs from Asia, Africa, Latin America, Europe, North America. You know, membership has its privilege to connect and join in so that we can transform the world together. Listen, we have a seminar coming up next week. Please sign up for it. See me there. We're going to talk about innovation, an exciting topic. And if you are in the Portland uh, metropolitan area and the Vancouver area, I'm speaking next week for um, for a church here, which names I forgot. It's uh, <laughs> it's Manor House Church, Manor House Church. I'll be doing biblical entrepreneurship for them. If you're in the area, just reach out to that church and find out how you can sign up so you can be a part of it. If you need our help, fill out any assessment and see how we can help you as you consider growing your company. Let me pray for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord enable you to steward those talents that are under your care and to steward them in such a way and as you steward them, overcoming the devil's triple threats so that one day you can hear those wonderful words. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Guess what? He'll not make you rule over much. God bless you.